Abby Weems from Potty Mouth, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in LA, tempting Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. Like picking musical tarot cards, I'm your host, Andras Jones, here at Starburns Industries in these fabulous studios in Burbank, California, enjoying the musical marvelousness of Carolyn Kane. Hello. And she has invited a friend of hers to join us in the realm of the pop oracle. She is... A writer for really too many, too many outlets to mention here. Maybe we'll get into some of them, but uh, let's just welcome her to Radio Eight Ball. Welcome to Radio Eight Ball, Agatha French. Thanks, thanks for having me. How do you know Kira Lynn Kane? Um, so I, I know Kira. Uh, my boyfriend introduced us. They were in a some in like a program of some kind together, um, like a yeah. freelancers group. Yeah. Thing. It's important that you qualify that because a program sounds yeah, like right. it could have been AA. Yeah. Sure. Sure. They're in a program together. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. A, fr- a creative freelancer's a, a creative, group. A creative freelancer's group. Sorry about that. Um, and um, at the time, I was putting together um, a chat book um, of stories and prose poems that I had written and was looking for illustrators. I wanted to have um, 12 different stories, 12 different illustrators, and um, Kira's an illustrator. So I sent her a piece, and she agreed to, to illustrate it. Excellent. Yeah. And is that a, is it something that's out now? Is it's it something that's out now. Yeah, you can get it. Um, you can buy it on my website. You can buy it at New Two Gallery, which is where the release was, and some like indie bookstores in LA. What's it called? It's called Good Night Nobody. Good Night Nobody. Mm-hmm. Is that a is it a uh, a play on Good Night Moon? Uh, it, yes. Good Night Nobody's uh, the scariest page in Good Night Moon. I don't know if you right. remember it, but it's there and and there's nothing yeah. to see and it's terrifying. I love it. So, so how does that how did that inspire the book? Um, that particular line. Yeah, like yeah. What um, was it? There's a there's a story in the book um, where a character is reading that book to a child. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something that that's that has always sort of felt resonant about that particular um, existentially terrifying page in a children's book. Now, is that, do you feel like that is, I mean, I get that it's terrifying to you and it can be terrifying, but do you feel like that is objectively terrifying? That the, what, what about that do you feel is 
is the the terrifying part. Because it could be seen as just peaceful. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. You know. I that, if you're of a totally dis, different disposition than <laughs> right. mine, maybe that's peaceful. But the the nothingness and the aloneness. It's like the you know. It's like the um, it's like the Twilight Zone where he's the last man on earth or something. Yeah. The Burgess Meredith one with the, where he breaks the glasses. Is that his name? I know. And then yeah. he can't read. I mean, yeah. really, this we're really getting into like some really sort of <laughs> deep, terrifying stuff for me. Yeah, that's a, that's another terrible fear. The that, existential terror. Yeah, oh. that you'd never be able to read again. You'd be left with all the books on Earth and some, and be prevented from reading them. That's a fate worse that's than death. That's a fate worse than death. Yeah. So a, a writer who is terrified of the blank page. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Original. <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, that, uh-huh. I mean. Good night, nobody is the is the definition of sort of of the you know at the end of the day and you haven't put anything on the page. Yeah, it's, it's the except worst. that. Right, except Good that. Good night, nobody. Yeah, I mean, in that case, it's like it's so succinct, it's like totally brilliant. I mean, right. She did a wonderful job. That's it. I mean, it's obviously sustained popularity for yeah. ever and ever. Good night, moon is. Everybody still reads what's it. The, right? What's the name of the author of Good Night? Margaret Wise Brown. Yes. Margaret Wise Brown. 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 Margaret Wise Brown. Mm-hmm. That book is as foundational to me as any book, probably. Mm-hmm. And I did not. That's I never even thought of who the author was. It's like it's like a song. Sometimes you hear a song, you're like, nobody wrote "Lean on Me." Lean on mm-hmm. me. People have been singing that song since there were people, right? No, no. Someone wrote that song in the mid-70s. His name is Bill Withers. <laughs> but it feel like Goodnight Moon is sort of like that. It came out of a mountain or something. It fell out of a tree. No one wrote that. It just existed forever. But yeah, Margaret Wise Brown. But somebody did. Somebody did. Yeah. Um, I, that makes me want to read her biography. Um, because I don't know anything about her. She was a really interesting <laughs> oh. uh, rebel uh, profoundly kind of almost anarchist lesbian free thinker. Tell us more about how do you? I don't know anything else. Well, wait. How do you know that? Why? What? What research have you done into Margaret Wise Brown? Just rumors in the bathrooms, <laughs> whispers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what bathrooms are you hanging out in? Yeah, I want, I want in on these bathrooms. They sound much more fun than the ones I've For the past planned. five years, I've been going once a year to these conferences for children's literature, for oh. writers and illustrators of children's books, because I'm an illustrator and an aspiring author of children's picture books. And she's so high in the canon of, of what everything mm-hmm. is based on and what we talk about in the bathrooms of the children's <laughs> literature. Um, <laughs> so literally, someone was having a yeah. conversations. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, that's great. That's amazing. I love that. It's I want to be yeah. in. <laughs> I want to cover a children's literature and illustrators convention. I mean, that sounds like a really good story. Anybody so yeah, else? you're also a journalist. Yeah. And yes. uh, and you write. It says. It, I, I know. I, I was told. I have this list here. Sure. Says you write for the, you write for the L.A. Times. I, I do. Um, I I was a staff writer there in the book section for a couple of years, um, and recently left. Um, but um, but I still like writing about books and literature, and that sounds like a really fun reported story. I don't yeah. know why I haven't thought of that before. Well, now we're you have can. To, we're gonna have to talk about where we'll these conferences are. Yeah. I want to travel There's with you one next time in LA once a year, and I think it's actually happening as we speak. Oh shoot, I missed it. But they they happen regularly, and I'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll find somewhere else so that I can. Oh, this be, have I can. I see a travel. potential for some wonderful Gonzo journalism. 
like where the two of you pull uh, Hunter S. Thompson and the, the, the lawyer, and like you go sure. and like, like yeah, you just go and report, only report from conversations going on in the bathrooms of this convention. That sounds fun. Yeah, things I heard in the bathroom at a sure. <laughs> yeah, David Foster Wallace, look out! This is good. This is good stuff. I mean, he can't look out, but not anymore. Not anymore. That we know. Of. But you know these are these are kind of musical séances in a certain way. Who knows what we're going to scare up? Right. Yeah. Well, we were talking, Agatha. That yeah. That songs are spells. Mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Whatever. Is, I can't wait to hear your question. But maybe the answer is a spell. Well, okay. I, and I, I just along those lines, because I, I and I'm, I don't know if you. I'll, I'll ask you. So sure. I feel like the reason a song is a spell is because. Partly because music, the music part of it is that there's a magical aspect to just music, like the, the scale and harmonies. But there's also the repetition. That mm-hmm. as a songwriter, you get to say you get to to say the words over and over, and you say them into microphones, and they go out and you know, and they get they get repeated. Whereas as a writer, because I've also written, uh, I've written a book, and I've written, you know, and I've written reviews, and I've done a lot of writing in that way, and I feel like. There is something about writing something down that makes it real in a way that it didn't exist before, mm-hmm. and you've created a world with it. Mm-hmm. But I want, I, I, and maybe it's because I'm a songwriter that I feel like it doesn't have that spell aspect because the song really, because songs do have that repetition. As a writer, I don't feel like I, I never go back and read my book. Right. Yeah. You that know? sounds like hellish. Yeah. Exactly. Once it's done, you, do, you hope never you want never want to think of it again. Right. Uh, which is so different than songwriting, but do you feel like there's an aspect, that, aside from that, mm-hmm. that to, to writing, that oh. does feel like when you write something and then, if you ever had the experience where you write something and then it'll show up in your in your world, something you didn't know that, no, you know, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I can't. No, nothing springs to mind. But I wonder if the the song part is also like you know, there's there's like a prayer like sort of secular prayer element, mm-hmm. um, but also like the there's a ritual aspect and maybe like a community sort of aspect that is more spelly and magical than just a solo person and pen. I'm not sure. Have you had any kind of experience where you where you created something in the written word that, you know, that came back at you in a way that was surprising, whether it was in the word, someone, someone took it and ran with it in a way that you didn't think they would or made something out of it that... I, I think sometimes the things that people ended up really liking surprised me, but I don't know if it, I felt like, you know, I'd manifest something or whatever, right. but like, you know, some, like if a, an article went viral and I was like, what? You know, why? Um, was there anyone in particular that you were like, why did that go viral? Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind I under I understand. I can like empirically figure out why an article about um, a Drake themed yoga class would go viral. Right. I mean, it has yoga and Drake in the headline, for example. Right. Um, but like, also like, oh, people really, people really like that. I mean, sure, it's fun. And in the meantime, you're like, but I wrote this. Phenomenal expose on. No, I've never yeah. written an expo- ex- expose. I'm not like I'm not like a like an air quotes real journalist. Um, I, there are no no smoking guns. Have you ever have you ever given given attention to a book before or an artist a writer before the world mm. caught up to him and you felt like, yeah, I got that before. I knew um, Ice Break, I knew that was going to be people going to really respond to that. 
Oh, wow. Um, God, I, I can't think... That's something to aspire to. I'm not sure if that has happened quite yet, but that's something to aspire to. Well, these shows are spells, and so now that's in your future. All right. Okay, so what's your question for the Pop Oracle? Okay, so my question is this. It was so hard to narrow down questions. I feel like my life is like a, like a giant question mark. Um, but um, the, the, sort of the question I, I truly want an answer to is how do I, how do I get my head around the fact that I'm living my life now. It's not going to start once I hit this milestone or figure this thing out or land this other job or, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, I'm not going to, like, arrive there. Like, how do I wrap my mind around that this is it? Too much? It's too much. No, that's a great question. That's a great question. Okay. That's a great question. I, I mean, I like that you're giving me positive affirmation right now, but I am... A little feeling, a little bit vulnerable. No, no. This when I, what I, what I, I feel like the best kind of questions are questions that anyone can relate. That, that anyone can. That are very to. personal to the person asking it. Sure. But that anyone who's listening could, okay. and I think everyone is in some state of right. Either past living or future living. Right. Very few of us. Yeah. And even those of us who have who even have that as an intention have a hard time yeah. getting there. Even it's a if you, you know the strategies for doing it. Mm -hmm. Breathing, grounding, things like that. Sure. But it's still really hard. So let's let's see. So how can you get your mind around the idea that you are living your life now and then there's not some point in the future where it really starts? That's right. Okay. Well now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card, pick a card, any card, pick a card, any card, pick a card. Song number eight, which is The Horseman. Whoa.
And that was The Horseman from Carolyn Kane. The answer to Agatha French's question, how, wait, was it, was yeah, it how? Yeah, it started with the how. How can I get my mind around the idea that this is my life and not that it's going to start sometime in the future? Yeah. Okay, so Kira, Lynn, what, uh, can, you, what can you tell us about that song? Well, it starts with the, the German woodcut artist Albrecht Dürer. I am a really big fan of his work. And he said the, there's a book of his. It's all black and red. Is that the one? Uh, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sure. going to go down a rabbit hole. You tell us about him. Um, and I'm a big fan, and I'm an illustrator and a drawer. And even before I started, I, I've only been illustrating for a few years now, but I've been drawing like as an artist drawing and showing work in galleries and, and other contexts for a very long time. And I'm interested in in line drawing and woodcut throughout history and in, in particular ones like Durer's work that show kind of epic scenes of destruction and also um, very tiny details of beautiful flowers growing a lot like you see in the work of Bruegel and Bosch, whose work I also am a big fan of. And in particular, I, I'm drawn to the image of the horseman of the apocalypse which is the origin of this song mm-hmm. um and smoke them while you got them mm-hmm. I think, yes yeah. i think that's kind of where we're going with this mm-hmm. in terms of where did the song come from and sure and your question it's this kind of listen to that you know those those pounding footsteps of that horse you can hear them if you really listen so you better do your thing now. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is ominous. So, what did what did you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I like that. I like that it's sort of a it's it's a um, you know you can hear their you can hear their hoof beats sort of at your back. Um, but as I was listening to it, it did feel very sort of future oriented, right? Because it's like you know the end end times. Um, and and maybe that's it. I mean, maybe it is as simple as um, as just being aware of the fact that time is passing. You know, the clock's ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds stressful. Yeah, it's a scary way towards presence. Yeah, it it, it, yeah. it right. It, it it's 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 almost punitive. I would yeah. yes yes. It feels punitive. It does, and it hurts even thinking yeah. about it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, but you know. Maybe I need that kick in the pants, guys. Maybe I need a maybe I need a, a tough love answer. Well, certainly there was a. That's what you got. You, yeah, that is what I got. And no, no, I, I and I appreciate it. So let me come at it from a, a different point of view, sure. which is that uh, the answers we get, it's a little like so. The theme of the show is questions answered, answers questioned, because it's a little bit of a misnomer. We don't really answer the questions we give a reflect the song gives a reflection of us it's a it's looking into a mirror kind of a musical poetic mirror and so there were a couple things that i saw reflected first of all when you talk about the future the the song is all about and the night a horseman will come he will Mm -hmm. bring his uh, well there's some presence so like he is spinning but then he will weave and so there's that there is a sense of there's a lot of future thinking in it and then it also made me think about, so in some of the 
I don't know, different workshops that I've done in my life. There's been uh, one of them, uh, several of them, they've talked about the difference between the masculine and the feminine mind and the that the masculine mind, and this is, exists in women and men, it's not a male mind or a women's mind. It's could say yin and yang, or you could say positive and negative. But the the thing about the masculine mind is, is it is about it's concerned about what is true over time. So in mm-hmm. like, whereas the feminine mind is about what is true now, which mm-hmm. can change from moment to moment. And so I feel like this song is coming from a very adult. You know, it's the horseman. It's punishing this idea of an apocalypse and an end time. And it came and it it is very much. It feels like a very much a dose of that. You know, the ma- the energy of the masculine mind. Although, yeah. Although... Even though it's, I mean, obviously the singer, the songwriter is necessarily, doesn't have to be male-bodied to be embodying that. There's, sure. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is when you talked about what inspired you, those woodcuts, because I, I think I'm familiar with that artist, and, and you mentioned it, that there is there there is some really dark stuff going on but there's like a little like a little sort of growth of new flowers or yes. you know there's kind of a, a like a whimsical element to some of that work um that feels very carolyn kane-ish yeah. um and yeah. those moments of uh, those moments of seeing of recognizing in the midst of your trials and tribulations a flower, flower coming sure. through is like this uh, that moment of Okay, this is this is it. This right. is life right yes, now. Yes. Right now, and literally. I, yeah. What was there? Um, do, somebody, do you have the lyrics there in front yeah. of you? Yeah. There, what was some? There was something. It was you were describing. I think like sort of like a heat mirage, like a wavering. What was that line? Like heat, the, like the heat on the horizon. Yeah, but it was right before that. It was like a like the description of it. He'll can do you want me to read? Can I'll do it? Yeah. So. Uh, he, He'll weave each flame from gold to blue. Eyes become tears. No, not that part. The, um, in the night, the horseman appears, wavering and uh, semi-clear. Oh, wavering, wavering and, and semi-clear. Yes. That stood out to it's me. It's a beautiful image. It, it is a beautiful image, and it's a beautiful way to describe that sort of, that that wavering horizon. Which is, which is kind of how we or how I conceive of my own future. Right, I think it's how semi clear. I think that's exactly right, and I think that's why it stood out to me. Is it is there's something absolutely infuriating to me about that wavering and semi clear? Um, Because it's not totally invisible. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, 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 (laughs) totally. Um, But I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. I just like it. It's also once again very cinematic. I see the image of the horseman. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I feel like this is right out of a Sergio Leone. You know, this could be Clint Eastwood. Totally. Or Lawrence of Arabia coming across the dead, like those that heat of the desert. And we just see a figure in the distance and wondering what is who is. Oh, it's Omar Sharif. Um, so I think another possible uh, it's it's worth maybe considering from another angle, which is that the protagonist in this song and in this situation doesn't actually see a horseman, but imagines that a, that because they see something wavering on the horizon and they know that something is going to change and that the world will forever be different once change comes. But it isn't explicit that it's going to be destruction or negative. Mm-hmm. It's just this... This is just a very anxious person. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I really relate. Yeah, I think when any of us know that our our world will be irrevocably changed, and that that moment is coming, mm-hmm. 
our heart beats like a horse's hooves, mm-hmm. and it's very similar. You know, it, that's what my heart feels like when I know my life is about to change. It doesn't mean it's because I know it's about to be bad. Right. And it, it doesn't make it bad. To, it's just, it's a, it's a tense. I mean, and in a way, the apocalypse happens in our lives regularly. Yep. When we, we cease Especially to these days. know people anymore. We cease mm-hmm. to know ourselves in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we, we have to start over. And it happens all the time. At least for me, I've had so many lifetimes, so many apocalypses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about that sense of like, how does your nervous system react when you see that thing hovering on the horizon and you wonder, what is this? Is it Lee Van Cleve or is it Clint <laughs> Oh, that she gets all the references. I love it. Um like you're all you're all into this like I love it. it's like you're all into like 60s and 70s references. Usually people I know are like I have a um, lot of other references too. Oh yeah, no, I got you got you got me on the all the Brazilian music. I was like, oh, okay, there's a she's gotten into some waters. I'm they're too deep for me. I need to learn from. I was like, oh yeah, she's definitely friends with Bart because you are all into the cool Brazilian music. So, uh, but I was just thinking about the and thinking going to your question about being present in. in with what's now instead of what's the future. And if we're thinking of the future as this frightening thing or potentially frightening or an apocalypse as a potentially frightening thing and also a potentially liberating thing, uh, one of the things, one of the areas where I've been working in my life as a performer or had to work on my life in my life as a performer over years was distinguishing between nervousness and excitement that a lot of times what I perceived as nervousness was actually my excitement and when i started relating to it as relating to it as excitement then that i realized that the real nervousness was the nervousness that came from thinking oh my god i'm nervous why am i nervous oh i'm so nervous now i'm freaking out oh i'm freaking out now i'm really nervous whereas if i realize i'm nervous oh maybe i'm just excited to be doing the show okay well then it sort of cuts off that mind madness and even in isn't yeah my oh and that was and this whole thing is in his mind in his mind that's where we get out of presence is like if we're in our mind in our mind so when you're in your mind thinking oh i'm not present enough right that's the endless loop right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also again i don't in circles of people who are consider themselves spiritual or seeking enlightenment there's a lot of mind hating that goes on <laughs> and yeah, mind and for someone who's a writer, I always feel like that's a really hard thing because you're jo- like I say, you make up all these stories and then you terrorize yourself with them. I'm like, well, that's my in my job description. <laughs> like, right. as you as a writer, you're not re- you you have to find another way to that s- state of mindlessness than denying the your natural talent with the river of words that runs through your brain and then eventually onto that blank page. I think that's true. And I also think that like cert- certainly there there's something to the idea of of, you know, being in the present or being present as people kind of remove the articles, I think, yeah. lately, right? Um um or the the preposition of the article. But I I think my interest or my question is is less about necessarily being present than it is not waiting. Do you know right. what I mean? No. Like there's there's something there's it's a very slight difference, and I don't mean to no, quibble. but it, no, no, it's your <laughs> question, and it's a good clarification. Um, but but it 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 
I think when I think that something's going to make me feel like like I'm off of the I'm off of the runway. You know what I mean? That that something something in life is going to make me feel like I've taken off of the runway. And I think that um you know, selfishly, I probably assume that that's going to be something positive. You know, it's like some career thing or some life thing is going to make me feel really, you know, good about myself or something. Um, and of course, this song was was much darker. And yet I wonder if that feeling, it, that song really evokes the feeling of 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 waiting. Mm-hmm. Of, it is that clomping, those clomping hooves, you know. It, so I wonder if it's actually closer to where I am now. Well, in the waiting, in the waiting. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, he's, he's coming on the, you know what I mean? Like it's the will come on the, it's a will. It's all the future words. I think, yeah, I think maybe we touched on that, but I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you could say that, uh, that appearing on Radio 8 Ball is, could be a, one of those signposts of like, mm. You now you've Clearly. made it. Now I've arrived. Now it's really it's you have you are yeah. now living. Now I'm this here. Is, uh-huh. This is it. You didn't know that sure. this was but a lot of times that's the way it works. We don't know what's gonna be the doorway into totally. the the passage the to the next thing. Room. And mm-hmm. here you are. Never. This is this is the liminal space. When you leave here, your life has begun. This is so freeing. Yeah. You came in a caterpillar, you're leaving a butterfly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love a cliched metaphor. <laughs> I love being called cliche. <laughs> uh, by a professional. Yeah. By a professional, I will take it. I, I mean, will absolutely hey, take it. I've, I've used some shop-worn phrases on deadline in my life. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, that's okay. You're a professional. Do people some do, in this in this environment? Do people sort of sometimes feel as though like they're meant to be funny? Like they feel like they're like on the hot seat to be funny here. Does that happen a lot? You know, it's what's because I'm not I'm not uh, getting I'm not doing it. No, I but think I just some people feel to. that, but I, I, usually when people are doing that, I feel like they're missing okay the point. And even right. even and read. in this environment, like if you go on, like a lot of the people who are comedy professionals here mm-hmm. have a real aversion to people trying to be funny. Right, right, right. Like the last thing they want okay, to be good. is around someone trying to be funny. Yeah. And then my show, the Radio 8 Ball is even like I love when humor naturally comes out sure, of the moment. Too. But people trying to be funny, okay. it's usually some form okay. of covering up and Got being it. afraid to okay. experience mm-hmm. a, a moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm glad that you didn't okay, feel good. obligated. All right. I just wasn't sure. But it was totally. But, but I'm sure for the listeners, it was hilarious. Oh, great! Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great. The super, super personal and vul- well, I guess it, it wasn't personal. It was just, it was just vulnerable. That's that's personal. And yeah. thank you. And, I, and again, I, I really, I always appreciate when someone asks a real question where they have, where there's something there for them. And it's, I think, a question anyone can oh, relate to. Yeah. So cool. I hope all of your lives have begun now. <laughs> and uh, we can get on with it because we got some work to do. So much. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. That's it. We got it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. 
If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Wave Ball Show.